We have all had painful events in our lives that can lead to depression, anxiety, addiction, or broken relationships. But here's a secret. It is not about what happened to us that causes suffering. It's the stories we believe about ourselves. Join us as we shine light on how to rewrite our stories, avoid the shadows of shame, and travel along the pathway to joy, love, and connection. It's the Finding Peace Podcast with your host, Amazon best-selling author, Troy L. Love. I'm standing in the bathroom looking at myself in the mirror. I've just escaped a really boring class, a class that I have to go to every day, Monday through Friday, in the afternoon. I've just eaten lunch, and I'm trying to find a way to keep myself awake and also not have to be in class. Speaking of which, I think my son has figured out that trick. But anyway, I'm standing in the bathroom, and I'm having this argument with myself about love. People had said to me before that you really can't love other people until you love yourself. And I did not agree with that statement. I thought that was dumb. I'm 19 years old. I've just moved away from my family. I'm on a campus with two roommates that I hardly know. So I am going through some homesickness and and I'm also just trying to figure out what's going to happen to me. And I'm having this existential question about whether or not I can love people if I don't love myself. And throughout my life, I had tried to be a pretty loving, compassionate, kind person. Yes, there were moments, I think, like all of us, where I've said and done things that were not kind. But I had tried really hard to be loving and kind and supportive of other people. The problem was that I didn't like myself. I was carrying so much shame and guilt about some of my past behaviors that I thought I was a horrible person. I actually felt fake. I felt inauthentic. I remember while we were there at the, on campus, one of the guys in the dorm kept saying how much he thought I was just a really great example. And I was thinking, what the heck are you talking about? I, you don't know me. You don't know that I'm really a bad kid. That shame was just sitting so heavy on me. And here I am having this existential conversation with myself in the bathroom, arguing with myself that, yes, I can love other people even if I don't love myself. I can do it. I've been doing it for years. I can love on them. I can be kind to them. I can give them compliments. I can tell them how much they mean to me. All of that. I can do that even if I don't love myself. And yet there was a part of me that was saying, no, no, that that saying is got to be true. There's got to be some truth to that saying that you can't love yourself if you don't love other people. And I just wrestled with that. And then all of a sudden it was like this light bulb shined in the bathroom. And I looked at myself and I realized that what really is true is that I can't let other people love me 
if I don't love myself. If they try to love on me, if they try to let me know how much they care about me, if they try to give me hugs or compliments or whatever, I'm going to reject that. On the surface, it may appear that I've accepted it, but deep down, because of that sense of shame, I'm going to reject that. I'm going to push it away. It can't, it can't be true. They're just saying that. They're just being nice. They don't really mean that. If they really knew who I was, then they wouldn't be saying that at all. And so in that process, I'm actually pushing people away. I'm rejecting their love that they are trying so hard to give to me. And I think at least I can tell when someone is rejecting the love that I'm trying to give to them, I can tell what that feels like. And so I'm pretty sure that they know what that feels like when I'm doing that to them. And so after a while, it gets old as a friend who's trying to be compassionate and show up for you. It gets old to continually feel rejected. And so eventually the attempts to love on somebody else, slow down, and can almost diminish altogether because we can tell that the love we're trying to give you is not being received. And it's, I don't want to keep pounding my head against a brick wall trying to convince you that I love you. That's really, really hard. So I'm just going to pull away. I'm going to go spend my energy and efforts somewhere else. And then it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy because I already felt like I wasn't worthy of love and belonging. I didn't love myself. I can't internalize and accept the love that someone else is giving me. I'm just uh, rejecting that. And so in the end, they leave. And then I now have some shadowy evidence, and I say evidence in air quotation marks because it's not really evidence, that just proves how much of a horrible, smucky, kind of bad person I am because now nobody loves me. It's this crazy little cycle that takes place, and I, I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one who's ever gone through that little issue. And so here I am in the bathroom having this argument with myself and I'm starting to realize that really I can't allow other people to love me unless I start to love myself even a little bit. Unless I start to challenge the negative core belief that I'm unworthy of love and belonging and to begin to challenge it and, and accept that maybe I am worthy of love and belonging. And... That was 25 years ago that this conversation with myself happened. And I began, although I didn't even know it at the time, on a journey of self-love and self-compassion. I've had to wade through deep, dark mists of shame and mire and uh, swamplands of shame and have had to figure out can I find that I'm worthy of love and belonging and in the process I've behaved in ways that have not been the greatest and I've caused pain to other people and I've caused pain to myself and that just can be used as that evidence again to prove that I'm not worthy of love and belonging and I've had to work through all of that 
And it's only been probably in the last two to three years that I started to get a handle on what self-compassion really looks like and how to be able to love one's self without turning into a narcissist and without turning into some arrogant person that just continues to cause harm and damage to other people. Ironically, about seven months ago, I was approached by the Callisto Publishing Company, and they asked me if I'd be willing to write a book on self-love. It's going to be called A Year of Self-Love, and I agreed to do that. It was a challenging experience for me to begin writing this book. One of the challenges was that I had to come up with 365 entries about loving ourselves, being kind to ourselves, because it's one of those books where you look at a particular day of the year and then it gives you a little quote or it gives you an activity or gives you a mantra or something to help remind you that you are worthy of love and belonging. That was a challenge to come up with 365 of those but in the process, I really, I really began to learn more about what self-compassion is, what self-love, and what it isn't. Self-love and self-compassion are not the same as being selfish or arrogant or thinking that you're better than everybody else. That's definitely not what it is. When you're practicing self-love, you're realizing that you matter, that you have value, that you, that you, there is something special about you, but not at the expense of anybody else, that, that you're not any more special or better than anybody else, and you're not worse than anybody else either, that you have value just like everybody else has value. And the irony is that when I begin to connect with my value as a human being, it sure makes it a whole lot easier for me to then want to show up and be kind to other people. I don't have to get sucked into the shadowy competitions of shame trying to prove my worth or trying to to get other people to see that I'm worth, uh, that I matter. I don't have to engage in any of that kind of behavior when I really am able to connect with the core truth that I am worthy of love and belonging that guides my behavior it helps me be aligned with my moral system and it actually makes me more open and transparent to the people around me which fuels connection it helps me have deeper connections with other people and none of that is selfish because I'm able to connect with other people and they're able to connect with me and we help each other. We both feel edified. We both feel loved and supported. And when I'm having a bad day, I've learned that I can reach out and tell someone else and they can love on me. And when they're having a bad day, they've learned that they can reach out and I can love on them. Practicing self-compassion isn't, let me practice a year where I can focus entirely on myself and forget everybody else. That's totally not what it is. It's about a balance. It's about how can I practice self-kindness and self-compassion for me? And then how can I use that same energy and do the same for other people? 
I wrote the book Year of Self-Love to help provide guides and some steps for us to dig a little deeper and discover the truth that we are worthy of love and belonging. The book will be coming out in November 2019, and there's a link provided below in the podcast notes where you can pre-order your copy of the book, A Year of Self-Love. I'm hoping that you will find it to be helpful and meaningful to you in your life. It's also coming out right around Christmas time, so maybe it would be a gift that you would like to share with a friend or a loved one. So I encourage you to go check it out. It's beautifully done. The editors and the graphic designers have done an amazing job looking at the book. I haven't actually seen a copy. I've only been able to see the electronic version. It's uh, arriving. It will be arriving in my mailbox shortly, and I get to open it up next week and actually see what it looks like. I'm, I'm really excited. So I, I encourage you to check it out. And now it's time for a question. Along the lines of self-compassion, one of the, the questions that I get a lot is, well, how, is there anything that I can do to practice self-compassion? And Kristen Neff has on her website, selfcompassion.org, an activity called the Self-Compassion Moment. And I've seen other people use it as well and and we've used a version of that in in the book a year of self-love but there are three elements to the self-compassion moment and the first is honoring that you're you have wounds and that for whatever reason today those wounds have been stirred up for you so whether it's a wound of loss or rejection or abandonment or betrayal or whatever, something's happened that has stirred up one of those wounds. And I'll give you an example. This is a real live example. Uh, my website and my email all got shut down yesterday because there were new regulations that require you to go in and make sure that all of your identifying information about who owns the website is entered in there. And if it's not entered in there and validated, then they're going to shut down your website. Unfortunately, I didn't know any of that because I didn't realize that I had put in an email address that no longer functions as the primary contact. And so I'm assuming that I was getting these emails for probably months reminding me that I needed to go in and update this and make sure it works and I never got them and so I never knew anything about it and then yesterday I started getting calls from people saying hey I'm trying to send you an email and it's saying your email doesn't exist and then I go to my website my yumacounseling.com website for my local practice here and it sends me to a search engine site and I am confused and so I go online and start talking to the IT people and realize what's happened and I am so frustrated. Part of that is I'm feeling like an idiot because I missed out on it so there's some shame that's showing up for me. I'm also just frustrated because I can't connect with the people around me and so I'm looking at it and what wound is being stirred up for me right now? Well it's my loss wound loss of my email address, loss of my website. That's a huge loss wound right there that's being stirred up. And so if I'm practicing the self-compassion moment, I'm recognizing, oh, this is my loss wound. This is what's happened. And I'm 
recognizing it, and I'm going to validate that it hurts, that it's painful. So that's step number one of the self-compassion moment. And the mantra is, this is a moment of suffering. This is a moment of suffering. It really does stink. It really is kind of crappy that my website is down and I, I literally cannot do anything for probably 24 to 72 hours until they get it all fixed. And so my hands are tied. It is a moment of suffering. It is painful. So that's step one. Step two is connecting with the broader humanity, connecting with the fact that I'm probably not the only one on the face of the planet where this has happened. I don't know anybody who else who this has happened to, but I'm pretty sure that I'm not the only one in the world where this has happened. And therefore, the mantra that goes with number two is that I'm not alone in my suffering. I'm not alone. I know, I'm pretty certain, that there's other people who have been having this issue. And even if they haven't had this particular issue, I know that there are other people on in the planet who've had frustrations with emails not working, or the website goes down, or the system is off, or the power goes out, or whatever, and they're not able to do what they normally are able to do. Uh, an app stops working or whatever. And so I'm able to connect and realize that there are other people on the face of the planet who also have gone through what I'm going through and they can relate to me. They can understand my pain. And so I am not alone in my suffering. And by connecting with that, by connecting with the fact that I'm not alone in my suffering and that there are other people that can understand and have empathy for me, it actually helps lessen the pain a little bit. I'm not having to carry it all by myself anymore. I'm realizing that there's a connection with other people and we're all kind of carrying this pain together and so it makes it a little less less intense. And then the third part of this process is may I be kind to myself. The mantra is may I be kind to myself. Can I say something to myself that is encouraging? that is positive, that reminds me that it's going to be okay. And so I've been practicing that, saying to myself, it's going to be okay, it's going to, it will turn back on, I don't know when, but hey, I'm able to work on some other things in the process, I don't have to answer a million emails right now, so let me be kind to myself, and especially with a tendency to want to shame myself and say, well, why didn't I catch that? Being kind to myself and, and recognizing, yes, you made a mistake with not updating that email address. That's happened to other people as well. You're not a bad person, and this is going to work out. So be kind to myself, Troy. Don't beat myself up. Just re give me some words of encouragement that I can lean on during this waiting period. And instead of becoming more frustrated and angry, just just breathing into it. What I've noticed as I have been practicing this self-compassion moment is that when I'm talking with the IT people, I've been a lot kinder to them. I've been more patient. The way that I talk to the IT people is through those chats, chat boxes. So I'm not actually talking to a person on the phone. I'm emailing. And I don't know about you, but there has been some times in my life where I've been uh, I've had a tendency to be a little bit more harsh in my words when I am texting someone because I'm not actually 
interacting with them and I don't see their face and I feel so bad about that. I'm all, I'm owning that I've done that before and my shadows of shame are like showing up and saying, Troy, why in the heck are you telling people that? Well, because it's true. What I've noticed though, as I've been practicing self-compassion is this time I haven't done any of that. I mean, this is a pretty big deal. It's completely brought my business to a halt. And yet, because I've been practicing self-kindness, I've been able to be more kind to them. And surprisingly, they're, they've been kind to me. They're like, I'm so sorry that this is happening. I know this is really frustrating and we're doing our best to make it get fixed as fast as we can. And, and I'm like, well, thank you. And I just want you to know that this is really a big deal. And they're like, yeah, so we get it. And I've noticed that as I've been practicing self-compassion around this, I've actually been able to be more compassionate to the IT people as well. And that is a kind of a wonderful feeling, actually. So I'm just sharing that with you today. I'm excited again to announce the upcoming book, A Year of Self-Love. It will be coming out in November. The links will be below. I encourage you to start practicing self-compassion, being kind to yourself. And just notice what happens to your world as you practice self-compassion. Just notice how it impacts your loved ones, the friends and family and co-workers with whom you associate. Just notice what happens as you practice that. And that's the end of our podcast. Uh, may you find peace always. You've been listening to the Finding Peace podcast. If we added value to your life, let us know or give us a rating. Before you go, subscribe to the show and get new episodes as soon as they are published. Thank you for spending part of your journey with us. And don't forget to grab your free copy of the Amazon best-selling book, The Art of Peace, by going to www.troyllove.com. Copyright Finding Peace Consulting.